Welcome to Food Safety University, and this week we are starting a new series on trauma and toxic workplace culture. This one is going to be really deep. Um, you may need a pen and paper, uh, but mostly I need you to listen and feel. Tune in. I look forward to talking with you. Welcome to Food Safety University. I'm Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele, and this is the one podcast where you can get everything you need to know about food safety and how to run a food manufacturing plant for all of those small and local food manufacturers. If you are into local and sustainable food and agriculture, this is the podcast for you. Every week we cover new and original ideas around how to get the most out of your HACCP planning and how to get your plant up and running and continue running in a way that fulfills your dreams. So grab a pen and paper because every week you're going to need it. See you on the inside. Hello and welcome my friends to the introductory episode for our new series on trauma and toxic workplace cultures. I am doing this podcast uh, because we are on in the middle of on the heels of I don't know it depends I suppose it depends on how you uh, define it of the great resignation where so many people have decided to blow this popsicle stand and go do work that is more meaningful to them um, people are leaving toxic workplace cultures and so I thought it would be worth uh, spending some time the rest of October and all of November talking about trauma and toxic workplace cultures, because the two are incredibly linked. Um, and throughout the course of this series, uh, you're going to find out some of the things that I have witnessed, some of the things that I have been um, subjected to as an auditor, as a food inspector, as a consultant going into private uh, businesses and being privy to what really goes on. And the, these... these um, these, this next podcast series is really me bringing to food manufacturing the opportunity to have a conversation about the cultures that we live in. And I want to talk about it because your food safety is frankly dependent upon your culture. And for those of you who have been around the podcast for any length of time at all, you know that those strive questions are there to uncover culture. Okay, And when people are feeling unsafe at work because of a toxic environment, they're feeling physically unsafe, financially unsafe, or emotionally unsafe because of toxic workplace environments, it is almost impossible to do food safety effectively. Okay, if somebody is being sexually harassed at work, if your QA tech is being sexually harassed at work, she is not doing her job. All right, it's it's I, like she can't. She literally can't, and it's not her fault. It's the fault of the person harassing her. All righty, there is a level of sexism. There is a level of harassment. There is a level of discrimination and intolerance in food manufacturing that can be really, really jaw-dropping. However, there is also levels of tolerance and acceptance and love that is equally 
jaw-dropping. And so we are here in this series to talk about all of that, to bring it all to the table and to bring it all out because <clears throat> I am a deep believer in diving inwards. If you've done a water model with me, which is where we, we diagram out what you're thinking and feeling based on what you want, um, the T in the water questions is turn in and face the truth of your feelings. And that truth, okay, is how are you actually, how are you actually feeling until, you know, like before you go into the override? How are you actually feeling about yourself and about the people that you uh, work with? Okay. It can be very hard to have an honest conversation about that. But the antidote to toxic workplace culture and the antidote to all of that trauma that we bring to work is honesty integrity, and frankly, feeling our feelings at work. Okay, now I have talked about feeling your feelings at work before, and everybody has been on the receiving end of somebody feeling their feelings at work without a container of emotional intelligence. And this podcast series is not only going to uncover what is trauma, okay, and so that's going to be next week's podcast where I am just going to dive deep onto um, a cultural history of trauma, the biomechanics of trauma, um, and, when, and biomechanics. What I really mean is, is like how your brain and your body uh, relate to each other in a trauma patterning, okay? Um, and that's going to be a hard one. Okay. I'm not going to lie that, that when people start understanding what trauma is and what trauma isn't, um, it can be very confronting and I'm okay with that because we're not, we're not, we're here to like, <laughs> we're here to make local food an example of what is possible. Okay. We're not here to have toxic positivity. Uh, we're not here to, uh, brush past the serious and systematic issues that we have in food manufacturing. Okay. And so we're going to start with what is, what actually is trauma? What are the definitions of trauma? And what is trauma? What does trauma look like? Okay. And then <clears throat> after we talk about just getting a basic definition of trauma, we're going to look at how we got here in our workplaces. Okay. This one is probably going to be a fairly confronting podcast because it, uh, means that people have to um, to create their own accountability um, for their part in um, bodily hierarchies. And I'll be explaining what all of that means, okay? Um, but there's going to be a, a history of um, and, and some descriptions about local food economies, um, how local food economies fit into larger commodity economies, and what all of that looks like, okay? So that we can see how we got here and why so many people are feeling such a level of cognitive dissonance, so, right? Cognitive dissonance is not a bad thing, but co and, and we, just have to, we just have to talk about it, <laughs> okay? Then we're going to talk about the common toxic patterns that I have observed at work, okay, in food manufacturing. Now, 
these are probably going to be all fairly, sh I'm going to say short podcasts. I don't, you know, like hour long podcasts is not a thing that I do, right? But these are designed to be, frankly, rather shorter um, and full of impact so that you have time to come back and re-listen re to them. Because the thing about unpacking trauma and unpacking your both your own trauma um, and unpacking um, the culture of toxicity that people have at their workplaces is you can't do it in one go. You have to like keep looking at it and keep turning inwards towards it. Okay, and that's no bad thing. Okay, so if it seems like we're going to be going very fast, it's because these are all designed to go back and re-listen and relearn and rediscover new things now that you have figured some other things out. Okay, so common toxic patterns at work, okay, is going to be the fourth in our series. And so with that foundation of what is trauma and how we got here, okay, and then, um, what the toxic patterns are so that you can be looking for them at work. Then we're going to talk about solutions because I am all about a solution, right? <laughs> There's a reason I am both a coach and a consultant because sometimes we just talk about what the solutions are and we let people back into understanding those, uh, understanding those solutions, okay? And so the first solution that we're going to talk about is emotional intelligence, all right? And what does it look like to bring emotional intelligence to work? This is going to be a very coachy-coachy conversation, um, but it's also going to be very anchored in reality. Emotional intelligence is the single biggest driver of anybody's success in life, um, and that um, is what I am here for. I am here for the profit and for the success of everybody who works in food manufacturing, from the people who own the facilities to the people who um, kill animals for a living. I am here for everybody's success, right? And, that success comes through emotional intelligence. Now, once we have emotional intelligence on board, then we're going to talk about accountability as a solution to toxic workplaces. Why can't I just skip to the accountability section of our programming and look towards um, creating accountability in workplaces uh, and skip over the whole all the rest of learning is because in order for accountability to actually take hold and take place, you need to understand all the other things that I am going through in the podcast series. Okay, so I want to give you at the beginning of this, and we're going to be reiterating these tools, but I want to give you some tools as we talk about trauma, and I want to give you some resources, okay? Um, and, I, and I also want to start with some background. So the first, the first thing to know is, is I am a veteran, okay? And uh, as such, I, um, I work with, a, I was not on the receiving end of any trauma as part of my military service. Okay. I was not a victim of military sexual trauma. I didn't get deployed and I do not have combat related trauma. I do, however, know an awful lot of people who do, right? Who, who left and never came home. I am the child or the, I guess the grandchild of somebody who never came home from the second world war. Okay. 
Um, and part of what we're going to be talking about next week is the different kinds of trauma that we have in our bodies. Okay, because the thing, the one thing to remember, and maybe the only thing we can agree on as a human population, is that we are currently here inhabiting bodies. This is probably the one thing that is universally accepted as truth uh, in human society, is that, is that we have bodies, okay? Those bodies have been subjected to trauma, okay? For most people, and if not your body in particular, the bodies of the people who raised you, the bodies of the person who birthed you, and the people who raised and birthed them going all the way back. Okay, we're going to talk about, you know, we'll talk more about this next week, about what I mean by all of that. But as you go through this series, what's going to be incredibly important is to listen to your body and to figure out what is, dare I use the word triggering, because I don't think triggering is a bad thing. People think triggering is a bad thing because it, it creates an intense emotion that we don't know how to deal with. But the truth of the matter is, is that unless we are triggered, we cannot uh, move forward. Uh, we can't move forward. A trigger is an invitation to step into discomfort and to step into meeting intense emotion with gentleness and acceptance. Because that's the first thing that I want you to know, is that intensity does not solve intensity. Okay, There are tons of people who study, who study trauma and traumatology. Traumatology as a medical uh, field of study is fairly new, but it certainly exists. Um, it is the realm of psychiatry by and large, but other people are moving into that, um, into, the, into the field. Uh, and it is a field of study um, that is worth studying, okay? Because trauma is real and trauma exists in almost everybody, okay? So one of the um, one of the things you know. So if we accept that we have a body, our body has emotions, and those emotions feel like sensations in our bodies. This is not a bad thing. This is generally what people refer to when they feel a sensation associated with their body, if it's negative and about something that, that they don't like, they refer to that as triggering, okay? So feel free to say this is a trigger warning. I'm all in on trigger warnings, love it, okay? Um, and for you to, I am giving you the invitation for you to develop the capacity to feel safe in your own body. Okay. What does this have to do with food safety? If you do not feel physically safe, you cannot be present to your work. We do things with sharp knives and projectiles and hot liquids. We do things in food safety with large animals that can kill us, can and have killed us. Okay. 
we work with tiny, tiny microbes that can also kill us. Being safe in your body is a prerequisite to doing food safety well in the long term without burnout. Can you do food safety well and feel like a shell? Probably. Can you do it for the long term and not burn out? No, I really, really don't think so. Okay, so what does it mean to feel safe in your body? It means the ability to tolerate your emotions, the good ones and the bad ones. How do you tolerate your emotions? Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to recognize them. Okay, this can be super difficult in recognizing your own emotions because I want you to think about over the course of your life, how many times you were told to quit crying, right? Like my dad always told me, water off a duck's back, Michelle, water off a duck's back. Like I should not let my emotions bother me. This is bullshit for so many reasons, okay? Not the least, I mean, it was like literally the most useless piece of advice I've ever been given, uh, okay? Because I don't believe that you should just ignore all of your emotions, <laughs> okay? I really, 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 really don't. <laughs> um, because what happens is, is that you try and, um, especially for like the high achieving individuals that listen to this podcast, when you ignore your emotions and you go into override, you do a whole set of things that are really fairly self-destructive and feel really bad in your body, okay? And I'm here to tell you it really does not need to be like that, okay? And I know this because... I'm, I'm frankly in the in the process of getting certified as a trauma coach, which is one of the reasons I'm bringing this information to you because I think it is the path forward for food uh, for food manufacturers to be really successful, like literally to make more money, um, is by healing uh, by healing trauma by getting rid of all of your survival shock programming, which I'll which I'll talk about next week. Okay, by embracing history and being able to look at patterns and apply then emotional intelligence and accountability. I think that's the way forward because uh, it works. It's worked in my life. It's worked with customers um, and it can work for, it can work for you and it will work for you. So what are some other resources besides your own body and your recognition of your own feelings and sensations in your own body? Well, if you want to dive really, really deep into this, there is a book to read by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, who um, practices out of, uh, I believe it's Mass General. Um, and he wrote a beautiful book a couple years ago called The Body Keeps the Score. Okay, and it's all about the... Um, it's all about how bodies process trauma. It's a fairly academic book, okay? So not it's not for all of you. It's a fairly academic book. Um, but it really goes into not only um, the uh, how our bodies interpret trauma um, and how we store trauma in our bodies, but at the end of the at the end of the book, there are methodologies for overcoming trauma. Some of them are therapy associated. Most of them are not talk therapy associated. Talk therapy has actually been shown to make trauma worse. Okay, so 
that's one um, that is one uh, book uh, associated with trauma that you can uh, take a look at. Um, there is another author called uh, his name is Dr. Bruce Perry. You um, he just came out with um, a book with Oprah called What Happened to You, which I highly, highly recommend. It's a very approachable book. He has some other clinical books um, that are very hard to read. He works with significantly traumatized children. Uh, and, you know, the boy who was raised as a dog is not an easy read. Okay, so take care of yourself and know that if he's writing a book with Oprah, it's probably a little more consumable than a book for trauma therapists. <laughs> okay. So be nice to yourself, right? Um, so what happened to you is what Dr. Bruce Perry wrote with Oprah. It came out a couple weeks ago um, as I record this. So maybe, you know, six, eight weeks ago as you're hearing this. So that's another, um, that's another uh, uh, resource. Um, uh, uh, Gabor Mate um, is in the middle of understanding and releasing some series of um, interviews. He did a documentary and he can be found, his and his work and his collaborators' works can be found at wisdomoftrauma.com. Okay, very, very, very good series that they are doing. So that's another resource. Okay, and then finally, a third, or third, more like fifth or sixth, I guess, uh, resource is a book called My Grandmother's Hands. And My Grandmother's Hands really looks into the body. Um, the man who wrote it is a social worker, and he was a student of Dr. Vanderkoek's. Uh, and he wrote this um, in a response to police brutality, and he talks about um, white bodies and black bodies and police bodies. As a veteran, uh, as a female veteran, I am both a white body. Um, I self-identify as white, and you all know that if you've ever met me in person. <laughs> um, but, you know, veterans are also policing bodies. We are, you know, the Department of Defense is a policing organization, okay? There's a lot of trauma associated with that, and it is trauma that is healable, it is move-throughable, um, and is incredibly important to have this conversation in food manufacturing because all of these people work for food manufacturing. Right, white bodies work for food manufacturers, black bodies work for food manufacturers, and policing bodies work for food manufacturers. Right, so people bring their whole selves to work, and this podcast series is designed for people to understand not only who they are but the context of the people who they are working with. Let this podcast series change you, bring your whole self to this podcast. Look for where it hurts and dive in, okay? This is what the coaching I do is for. It's so that you can dive in and you can feel these things and know that there is a way through, okay? And the way through is by being really super honest with yourself and by feeling all of your feelings, the positive ones, the negative ones, the ones where you're like, Michelle's, or Dr. P, you are a moron and I really don't want to listen to any of this. I hate it all. Okay, so that creates a feeling. Where do you feel that in your body? Versus, wow, I really see healing this as the way forward. Both are ways forward. We are on a journey towards wholeness. We are on a journey towards completion of the integration of our brains and our bodies
And uh, local food manufacturing is a beautiful container, a beautiful context uh, within which to do that work. So I am so happy you are going to be joining me on this podcast series. Uh, leave a review wherever, you know, like you listen to your podcast. That makes a really, really big difference in podcast reach. Um, and if you want to take the conversation further, please, by all means, book a call with me. And let's talk about solving these problems in your workspace. I love you all. And I'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Food Safety University podcast. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, I want you to go to dirigofoodsafety.com and go check out all the things that we have. If you haven't gotten your HACCP download, go get that or book a call with me and let's talk about getting you into Food Safety University. I'll see you on the inside.